Hello and welcome to episode number 80 of the Draft Analyst, presented by the Believe Sports Podcast Network. Do you believe? This is Chris Capote of DraftAnalyst.com, and I'm joined by Tony Pauline as we continue our NFL Draft-focused conference previews with the back half of the ACC. Now, this half of the conference may not be as loaded as the first half. We touched on some first-round prospects, especially from Clemson, on our last episode, so go back and check that out. But there are still plenty of second-day prospects of note from programs like UNC, NC State, Virginia, and Wake Forest. So we have a lot to get to on this week's show. Tony, how's it going? Oh, going okay. And I think you described it the best way. I mean, the second half of uh, our preview of the ACC, or the bottom half of the alphabet for, for the ACC, is primarily guys who are going to be second-day picks and, and middle round and even late choices. But there's a lot of talent here. There's a lot of talent for the 2020 draft, and there's some future talent to keep an eye on. Absolutely. Now, we went over the ACC's performance in April's draft at the beginning of our last episode, episode 79 from last Thursday. So make sure to check that one out if you haven't yet. And we'll start this episode at Chapel Hill with North Carolina, a team that's fallen on hard times the last two seasons after four straight years making a bowl game. They have five total wins, only two in conference, but they did have a player drafted in April. Linebacker Cole Holcomb went to the Washington Redskins in round five. But there are some legitimate prospects here for the Tar Heels, especially on the defensive side of the ball. Miles Dorn is a two-year starter at safety, missed several games last year with a knee issue, but has multiple interceptions in each of the past two seasons, plays the run as well, and has some day-two potential. K.J. Sales and Patrice Renee would have joined him in the secondary, but Sales is transferring to South Florida, who's in the portal as of a couple months ago. Renee has good size at 6'2", 205 pounds, solid ball skills with a couple interceptions last season. Jason Strobridge is, leads all returning Tar Heels with five and a half sacks. Smaller three technique who needs to add some bulk to improve against the run. Offensively, only Charlie Heck registers as draftable on our board. He's a solid right tackle who's not going to wow you as an athlete, but does have a shot to go early on day three. Tony, do you have higher expectations for North Carolina this year considering the talent that they have on defense? I have higher expectations because of their coach. I think, uh, you know, what I learned last year at the Shrine Game, when I talked to some North Carolina people about players like Miles Dorn and a few other guys, was that they played when they wanted to, which wasn't all the time, and they gave a lot of inconsistent effort. And I think what's going to happen is Mac Brown's going to come in there, he's going to give these guys a swift boot in the rear end, and they're either going to play up to their potential or they're going to be sitting on the bench and off the team. And I think no one represents that more than Miles Dorn, a guy who, if you read my stuff back before the 2017 season, I said that this guy had first-round potential. I actually, at one point in time, had him in a mock first round after his redshirt freshman season. He's got excellent size, six foot one, 200 pounds. He's very explosive. He's got terrific speed. He brings it like a hammer against the run. He's got solid ball skills. But then again, he disappears for stretches. I'm not the only one because I grade him right now as a second-round uh, selection, and there are a lot of scouts that also stamp him as a potential second-round choice. Others have him in the later fourth round. But that shows you, you know, they know he has the potential. He has the ability, but the consistent effort is not there. So really, it's up to Miles Dorn, a player that a lot of people aren't talking about. If he continues what he showed, the inconsistency he showed in 2018, they're not going to talk about him. But he's a guy who's got a, a great amount of upside. Charlie Heck is just the opposite. He's a guy who's not the greatest athlete in the world, but he has great size. He's very efficient. He gets the most from his ability. Uh, there are some scouts who like him as a third-round choice. I have him as a fourth-rounder. And I think uh, he's a guy who could potentially develop into a starting right tackle at the next level. 
Jason Stowbridge is all over the place. Some scouts like him as a second-round pick. Some have him as a seventh-rounder. I have him as a sixth-rounder. He's a tall, thin, explosive guy, relatively athletic, but he's undersized, six foot four, 265 pounds, and he's a first-step lineman. You know, do you use him at tackle? Do you use him at end? Is he a three-technique guy? You know, he's, the bottom line is Stowbridge is someone who's got to beat opponents off the snap with that first step. Uh, here's a sleeper to keep an eye on. A guy who I liked early on was injured last year, uh, was able to get an extra year of eligibility back. Brandon Fritz, the tight end, uh, someone who really stood out to me in 2017. He goes about six foot four in the low two fifties when he was healthy. And when he was playing well, he was a guy who was able to stretch the seam, a terrific pass catcher who has a frame to develop into a blocker. So if he's back to health and he gets his game, you know, really up to par. I think that Fritz is the type of guy that we could be talking about next April as a potential late round choice. Now we'll stay in state here, but we'll move to NC State, a team with much different fortunes recently than North Carolina, coming off consecutive nine-win seasons for the first time this century. They placed four players in the 2019 draft, including Garrett Bradbury in round one. They lost six first-team All-ACC players, many of them on offense, namely Bradbury, quarterback Ryan Finley, and wide receivers Kelvin Harmon and Jacoby Myers. But this year, they have some intriguing defensive prospects for the 2020 draft, starting with linebacker Isaiah Moore. He started as a redshirt freshman in 2018, finished third on the team with 69 tackles, seven and a half for loss. He's a good athlete with big upside. James Smith-Williams and Laurel Murchison are the leading returning pass rushers on the defense. Both were first-year starters in 2018. Smith-Williams has six sacks off the edge. Murchison's a former JUCO transfer, had four quarterback takedowns from the interior of the defensive line. Both of these guys carry late round or UDFA grades, although many scouts do have Murchison ranked in round three. Brock Miller at linebacker is going to be tasked with replacing Jermaine Pratt, the Bengals' third-round pick, who started on the weak side. He actually started there two games to hopefully build on those performances from the end of the season. Who are you watching on the Wolfpack, Tony? Well, Isaiah Moore is a guy who really stands out to me. You know, they had Jermaine Pratt last year, but when I watched the film, it was Isaiah Moore, who was more athletic, who covered more area, who was more explosive, decent size, probably goes about six foot one, 232 pounds, only a redshirt sophomore, as you mentioned, but a guy who covers a lot of area and really is developing into a terrific three down defender. Right now I have him graded as a potential late second, early third round pick. I love his upside. Obviously it's a matter of him, you know, just continuing to develop. Laurel Merchinson, as you said, you know, he, he's a lot like uh, Jason Stobridge of, of North Carolina in the sense that he's quick, he's explosive, plays hard, uh, good change of direction, covers a good amount of area, but he's undersized for the defensive line, 6'2 and a half, 283 pounds. Is he a defensive end? Uh, is he uh, a guy that you're going to use as a, as a three technique tackle, which is, I think is, is his best position. The only problem with that is not every team employs the uh, three technique spot. Got to keep an eye on is defensive end outside linebacker, pass rusher, James Smith Williams. Uh, I have him graded right now, just outside of draftable. He goes about six foot four, 253 pounds. Scouts estimate that he's going to run in the mid four sevens. I was told a week ago, that Smith Williams ran a four five five recently in uh, getting ready for the season in the forty. He's a good pass rusher. If he is that fast, he's going to stand up over tackle at outside linebacker. Uh, he's got to get a little bit stronger. But but keep an eye on him because I think he's a guy that could have a big year, which would really help improve his draft stock, push him into uh, you know the early part of day three of the draft. Now we'll move on to Pitt here. 
Panthers rebounded from a 5-7 and seven season in 2017 to win seven games last year, six of those in ACC play. They only had running back Quadre Allison drafted in the fifth round to the Atlanta Falcons, but they might have two players drafted in 2020. Scouts really like cornerback Dane Jackson, who's third in the ACC with 14 pass breakups, no interceptions, but just three and 28 career starts, solid size but questionable speed. He's a fifth rounder on our board, which is a couple rounds lower than how scouts view him. Wide receiver Taysir Mack led the team with 557 receiving yards in 2018. Only has 48 career catches, though. More of a guy who uses his 6-2 frame to win downfield rather than speed. Maurice French, 35 catches last year, leads all returning pit receivers. He's an undrafted free agent on our board, however. He's under 6 feet tall, but he is a playmaker. Pitt'll get him the ball as a runner, ends rounds, reverses as well. So they like to get the ball in his hands. Tony, which Panthers catch your eye? Well, you, you got to like Dane Jackson. I like him not as much as scouts. I have him as a fifth rounder. He's got excellent size, 5'11 and a half, over 190 pounds. He's a feisty guy with solid ball skills. My concern about Jackson is his deep speed. I mean, he's a liability down the field. He's just not a real fast guy. And you can't have that in a, in a cornerback that you're going to draft, you know, in the initial 125 selections. But I think he's a guy who can play nickel or dime at the next level, also line up on special teams. Tazir Mack. Uh, the underclassman receiver, quick guy, very effective when the ball's in his hands. You mentioned Maurice French. That's French with two Fs. Uh, I don't know how that came about. Decent size, just uh, slightly under five foot eleven, but very, very fast. Is a guy who you know shows big playability. And I also like their underclassman cornerback, Jason Pinnock. Uh, basically, the same size as uh, Dane Jackson, but a little bit faster, and a guy with a developing game. Now, Syracuse is coming off a 10-win season after they had four straight years with four fewer wins. They did put a defensive lineman in the draft in seventh-rounder Chris Slayton, and that could repeat in 2020. Defensive end Alton Robinson is the lone draftable grade for the Orange on our board, tied for second in the ACC with 10 sacks last year, tied for third in the conference with 17 tackles for loss. So he's a guy who's going to make plays behind the line of scrimmage. Second team, all ACC performer. He's entering his third year as a starter. He's got good length off the edge and a guy some scouts like as a day two player. McKinley Williams is moving to three technique to replace the aforementioned Chris Slayton after playing one technique on the nose in 2018. He's a really good athlete and he might get to show it a bit more this season with the position change. Anybody here you like besides the D lineman, Tony? In a nutshell, no, not really. I mean, Evan Foster is a safety that you got to keep an eye on. But for me, you know, Alton Williams, uh, a lot of scouts like him. Some grade him as high as the third round. I right now have him as an early six-round pick. Very good pass rusher, but his size, speed number, 6'2 and a half, 245 pounds. A guy who's going to run the mid-4.7s concerns me a little bit. You know, he's very good at what he does, getting up the field, uh, especially on the college level. I just think he's a bit of a liability. Uh, against the run. I don't know whether you're going to stand him up over tackle at the next level or have him come out of a three-point stance. McKinley Williams is a guy who I was very high on two years ago, but he kind of fell off the uh, edge of the earth. But, but as you said, you know, a, a new position it may be the best thing for him. Uh, at one point in time, I had him graded as a six-round pick. Scouts now see him as a, as a uh, street-free agent. I understand that. I don't have him graded that low. But he's got decent size, six foot three and a half, 295 pounds. He's a guy who's shown some athleticism. Uh, he's shown the ability to play. He's just got to get his game back to where it was at the end of the 2017 season. Now, I'll finish the ACC's final three teams shortly. But first, please support the draft analysts by subscribing on iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play, or any of the big podcast platforms. You can also find us at leave.com. Leave a rating and a review. And if you have any questions you want answered on the show, tweet us at Chris Tripodi, at Tony Pauline, 
at Draft Analyst One and at Believe Podcast to get in touch. Now, Virginia has consecutive bowl appearances after five subpar seasons from 2012 to 2016. The Cavaliers had two defensive backs drafted in April, Juan Thornhill in round two and Tim Harris in round six. This year, they have two defensive backs who could match those rounds in the 2020 draft. Bryce Hall is a first-team All-ACC player, received some All-America recognition last year as well. He had 22 pass breakups, which led the nation. He enters his fourth season as a starter. He's been that guy on the field for them ever since he stepped foot in the Virginia program. He's got good size at 6'1", 200 pounds. Some in the media view him as a potential first-rounder. We like him, but we see him as more of a third-rounder, which is actually more in line with where scouts rank him. Joey Blunt only started five games as a sophomore at safety, but he was third on the team with 65 tackles, two picks, two forced fumbles, made some plays behind the line of scrimmage as well, and should have the opportunity in 2019 to be a full-time starter with Juan Thornhill gone to the NFL. A pair of day three linebackers for the Cavaliers, Charles Snowden and Jordan Mack. Snowden led FBS linebackers with nine pass breakups, added two interceptions in his first year as a starter. Great speed as well as a pursuit player. So this is a guy who could develop into a three-down defender. Mack was a three-year starter, missed some time in 2018 due to a shoulder injury. But in 2017, he was fifth in the conference with 114 tackles, overshadowed a bit by Snowden, though, last season. Now, Tony, the Cavs have some decent draft upside for 2020, don't they? Yeah, they do. I mean, everyone talks about Bryce Hall and absolutely right in line with what you said. You know, some people talk about him as a first-round pick. I've not heard one scout say he's a first-round pick. Everyone has him as a late second, early third round at this point in time. And that that could change, you know, moving forward. He's got good size. He's smart and instinctive instinctive as you would expect somebody from Virginia to be. doesn't have a lot of mental breakdowns on the field or, or mental errors on the field. You know, again, my concern with Bryce Hall is the same with Dane Jackson from Pittsburgh is his deep speed. You know, he struggles staying step for step downfield with opponents. And that could be the difference between being a top 45 pick and a guy that goes in the bottom half of day two of the draft. You mentioned Charles Snowden. Uh, Here's a guy that everyone's got to keep an eye on because he has tremendous upside. Six foot five, 220 pounds. He runs and plays in the low four sevens, if not faster. As you said, he's outstanding in space, but he's got the frame that as he physically matures and just gets bigger, you know, he should also be a very good pass rusher. I grade him right now as a fifth rounder. If he basically meets expectations and starts to fill out that thin frame and gets a little bit stronger, he is just going to vault up draft boards because not only is he a good athlete, Snowden is a real good football player uh, on film if you watch him. You mentioned Jordan Mack. More of a two-down guy. I have him as a six-rounder right now. There are some scouts who don't like him even uh, that much. He's more of a downhill-in-the-box type of guy, short arms, which is going to pose a problem. But, you know, he gets the most from his ability. You're looking at a guy who could back up an inside linebacker and should be very good on special teams. Now, staying in-state here and moving over to Virginia Tech, a consistently above-average program, makes some low-end bowl games year in and year out, mostly third-day prospects they put into the NFL draft, but they had an offer in April that should be corrected next spring. Caleb Farley is a redshirt sophomore, may not declare for the 2020 draft, but bounced back nicely from a 2017 knee injury that forced him to redshirt. Six foot two, showed solid ball skills, seven pass breakups, two interceptions last year, returns kicks as well, and could take a big step forward this season. Reggie Floyd and Khalil Ladler joined him in the secondary, each have draftable grades on our board. Floyd tackles well, can play in the box, and flashes ball skills. He has five interceptions over the past two years. Ladler is going to get a shot to start full-time after making 66 tackles in 2018 as a part-time starter. Hushan Gaines is a pass rusher to watch. 
for the Hokies. He had four and a half sacks in nine games last year before a knee injury ended his season. And wide receiver Damon Hazleton on the offensive side of the ball returns after leading the team with 51 receptions for 802 yards and eight touchdowns. Here in second team, all ACC recognition for that. He's six foot two, 222 pounds. Typical big wideout with questions about his long speed. Obviously, testing is going to be very important for Hazleton in terms of determining his draft position. Where do you stand on the Hokies, Tony? Well, I, I think we're seeing typical Hokie prospects, although they're not as good as they used to be. I mean, that this is a, a, a program that has consistently put good defensive backs into the NFL draft. My highest rated Hokie is Celeb Farley, only a redshirt sophomore. I like what I saw last year. I expect him to progress, but I only have a fourth round grade on him at this point in time. You mentioned who Sean Gaines, who played nine games last year before a knee injury uh basically shelled him for the rest of the year. He's not even on the roster this year. They don't know whether he's going to play this year, whether he's rebounded enough uh, from that knee injury to see action on the field. He's also had uh, some off-the-field issues in the sense that I, I think his grandmother passed away, and he was really struggling with that. So coaches have said, you know, take your time to get back. He's not on the uh, not on the, the Virginia Tech roster as of uh, this week. Uh, smaller. Uh, quick, explosive guy. You know, after that, you mentioned uh, Hazleton, who's a nice size receiver, but he's not real fast. Reggie Floyd, who is nice in all areas, but not spectacular in any. And really, I don't see a lot down the road for Virginia Tech, who has, you know, consistently had a few first round picks and then a couple of guys in the second day of the draft. I, I don't think that's going to happen anytime soon, unless Celeb Farley really uh, elevates his game, which I think is possible. They'll finish off the ACC at Wake Forest. Terrell Basham was a 2017 third-round pick of the Colts, came out of Ohio. He's now with the Jets. His cousin, Carlos, is actually our top Demon Deacons prospect heading into the 2020 draft. 11 tackles for loss, four and a half sacks as a sophomore, 64 tackles, which is a lot for a one-gap defensive end. He's a good athlete and definitely has some three-down potential down the line. Linebacker Justin Sternad. Also an excellent athlete, tied for second in the ACC with 105 tackles in 2018. Small, speedy, modern NFL linebacker that we like to talk about on these shows. Cornerbacks Amari Henderson and Isang Bassey got seventh-round grades. Both are two-year starters. Bassey was named second-team All-ACC last year at 15 pass breakups, ranked second in the conference. Solid ball skills and decent size at 5'10", 190 pounds. Henderson, 22 pass breakups the past two seasons. His 31 total career pass breakups is actually seventh in Wake Forest history. He's got good height and length at six foot one. Last but not least, we're going to move to the offensive side of the ball for the Demon Deacons. Justin Heron is a guy who started his first three seasons at Wake Forest, tore his ACL in the 2018 season opener. He comes back with a sixth round grade and a chance to climb draft boards on the offensive line. Tony, who are you watching at Wake Forest? Wake Forest is a team that I really like a lot. They've got a lot of, you know, they've got some solid talent in the middle part of the draft. And I think you're going to see a lot of guys on this team who make their way onto NFL roster, either via being selected in the draft or either as free agents. You mentioned Carlos Basham. And I think at equal points in the career right now, Carlos is a better player than his uh, cousin, uh, Terrell. He's much more natural as a pass rusher. He's uh, more explosive. He's better defending against the run. You know, you mentioned he probably goes about six foot three, 270 pounds, but I think in time he will grow into a 4-3 defensive end. Really like him now, like his upside. Justin Strenad, a guy who I grade as a fifth rounder. Some scouts see him more as a sixth rounder. Slightly undersized, but the guy can run. The guy is outstanding in pursuit. 
is what we're seeing more and more of uh, in the NFL these days at the linebacker positions. Not the biggest guy in the world, but a guy that can get from point A to point B very quickly. Shrenad is, is a guy who can make plays up the field. He can make plays in pursuit. He's outstanding in space. Uh, he's a guy that if he has the year that I think is, he's capable of, he's going to vault into the middle rounds, no doubt about it. Justin Heron is a guy who at one point in time I thought was a third-round prospect. As you mentioned, uh, missed just about all of last season with that uh, knee issue. Uh, a year ago, scouts had graded him as a, I believe, a fifth-round pick. The problem with him is can he keep weight on? Because last year he was listed coming into the season at 285 pounds. Now he's 294 pounds. I have him listed as a tackle. He's eventually going to be kicked inside to guard because he only goes about six foot three and a half. But he's fundamentally sound. He's relatively athletic. He's got long arms, terrific in pass protection, solid run blocker. It's just a matter of how quickly does he return from that knee injury that kept him on the sidelines in 2018. Funny thing about uh, their cornerbacks. You mentioned Bassey. Bassey's actually closer to five eight and a half than he is closer to five ten. There are some scouts that grade Bassey as a uh, second-round pick, early third-round selection. There are some scouts that grade him as a free agent. I grade him as a seventh-round pick. You mentioned the production, but the fact is is that lack of height, he's getting beat out all the time by bigger receivers. He doesn't have long arms. I think he's more opportunistic than he is a good football player. And ironically, there were a lot of scouts who really didn't even mention, didn't even grade Amari Henderson, his teammate, who goes about six foot tall, 170 pounds. He's a fast guy. He's very explosive. The instincts are not quite there yet, but Amari Henderson is a guy, I grade him right now ahead of Bassey as a seventh rounder, and he's, he's someone that has a tremendous amount of upside potential, probably was better in 2017 than he was in 2018, but if he gets his game back on track, again, you know, like Strenad, like Justin Heron, he's a guy that can vault into the middle rounds of the draft. That's it for the 80th episode of The Draft Analyst, presented by the Believe Sports Podcast Network. Do you believe? If you're enjoying the show, please subscribe on any of the major podcast platforms and leave us a rating and a review. And feel free to ask us questions on Twitter that we'd be happy to answer on the show. Now, our next two episodes, we'll take a look at the always loaded SEC. So keep an eye out for those over the next couple of weeks and head over to draftanalyst.com for team-by-team previews, including write-ups on several players from each school and grades on every potential NFL draft prospect from those programs. On behalf of Tony Pauline, this is Chris Tripodi. Thanks for tuning in.